Welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope everyone's having a blessed day today. And I saw something. I'm going to start off with this, and I'm going to hand it over to Dad. I found this interesting. The aspect of this new normal they're trying to push on the entire world, which, by the way, down here in Florida, we're not really okay with it, apparently. A lot of people have woken up now that the state has started to wake up. However, I do have to say the traffic and the accidents has increased rapidly over the weekend. I was talking to Steve about that this morning, and he said, man, the last two days on the interstate are just gridlocked, accidents everywhere. I said, well, yes, and people have been cooped up. Now they're driving around everywhere, and they haven't had much practice. But over in the U.K., this is interesting, the British Parliament last night is basically in the middle of a debate on how to handle the COVID vaccination rollout process. This is one of the first times I've actually seen Parliament talk about this openly. And he said the mass vaccination, this was Elwood, MP Tabalas Elwood, he said mass vaccine rollout is an enormous responsibility and we need to get it right. He said they had written to Boris Johnson urging him to give the power to the Ministry of Defense to ship the vaccines across the country as far as and also developing a national database to track progress and issue the vaccination certificate. And then he goes on to say the certificate will have to be internationally recognized in order to allow travel, all international travel. He went on to make it clear that people who take the vaccine will see their lives return to normal, while those who don't will still be subject to strict social distancing rules. This is exactly what we've been talking about for months, how they're planning on trying to roll this out. This is why they've continued to put these draconian measures on the entire populace and go further and further and further. Because the UK, they, they've, gotten, they've gotten out of control with it. I mean, they have you know little, little snitches that walk around at night, make sure nobody's doing anything. Everybody's closed at 10 o'clock, can't go here, can't go there. And so again, while all this is going on, they're all these other things that are happening behind the scenes. Then we see what's going on with, you know, the, everything in the U.S., and now we have what's going on with the Supreme Court. And uh, I know, Dad, you had done some research on it. I was looking at some stuff into um, Amy as far as what's going on. I know the AP now is slamming her because she has ties with a Christian group that believes husbands should be head of the family. Imagine that. But, of course, that's the AP. They love to put out really stupid news like that. But, again, so what do you think about this Supreme Court? Do you think she's going to get in? Do you think, basically, what do you think about this, Dad? Well, you know, Austin, I've done my best to kind of stay out of this on the show because I really hadn't done a lot of research. But the uh, the one Cuban-American, I think Liguori, her name was something like that, who was the other potential nominee, she's the one who unsealed the Epstein files. She's the one who forced the Epstein files to be reopened to expose the pedophilia network. Uh, she's a strict constitutionalist. She's a Republican. She's basically a really, really pro, you know, governmental control, not letting, not, not allowing the government to get too much control. You know, she's seen what happened in her native Cuba and what's happened down there with communism. She hates communism. And so she probably would have been the better choice, to be honest with you. And it really would have tied the, you know, the Cuban and the Latin America, Spanish America, Hispanic Americans to Donald Trump more. But he chose the, uh, remember she, now the one from Cuba, she's also a Catholic. 
So you got you got two choices of two Catholics. This other one that we have now, the Barrett lady, uh, she's really interesting. Now, let me read you this because I've been doing some research on her. You guys aren't going to like this. Back in 1905, there was a there was a case that came before the Supreme Court. It was called Jacobson versus Massachusetts, and it was a United States Supreme Court case in which the court upheld the authority of the states to enforce forced compulsory vaccines. In other words, the state could go in and go to your house and force you to take a vaccine. The court's decision articulated the view that individual liberty is not absolute and it is subject to the police power of the state. I'm reading you directly from Wikipedia. I'm going to read it to you again. Jacobson versus Massachusetts was a United States Supreme Court case in which the court upheld the authority of the states to enforce compulsory vaccination laws. The court's decision articulated the view that individual liberty is not absolute and is subject to the police power of the state. The Barrett Supreme Court nominee agrees with this ruling and has cited it multiple times, allowing the United States government to usurp the authority of the Constitution and to take away individual rights. In Illinois, she backed up the governor there in Chicago, Illinois, in order to lock the state down. This Barrett did that. Uh, she's also pro-vaccine. Big-time pro-vaccine, big-time pro-mask, big-time pro-compulsory vaccines, big-time COVID lockdown. All right? The other girl's not. So I think we've been had again with this Supreme Court nominee. Quite frankly, i got to say this. It's going to sound weird. In German, if you say somebody's crazy or somebody's nuts, you would say, if they're really crazy, you'd say they're ganz verrückt. Okay? And when you look at this lady, this Barrett, and you look at her eyes, she looks guts rooked. Okay? Something ain't right with the woman. And I should say, well, that's just because she's real smart. She looks like that. No, 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 no. I know a lot of really smart people don't look guts built in their eyes. Godzilla means extremely wild. She looks like a feral cat. She's like the feral cat that's been caught in the, the headlights of a car or a flashlight at night, and you're out looking for the feral cats. That's what she looks like. And she just just, just this crazy look in her eyes, like something's wrong with her. So I think this is a poor choice. I think we've been better off with the Cuban American. And this girl has cited repeatedly the 1905 law that the Supreme Court ruled as precedent. Now, remember, this 1905 law gave rise to all of the state and county health departments and the mandatory vaccines and all of the things that have happened in the states for all the children who have been vaccinated in all the schools. Now, it took a while for that to happen. That didn't really get cranked up until the 60s and 70s. And then finally, we had enough of it, and people started getting religious exemptions. Remember, we didn't have a constitutional exemption anymore not to have our children vaccinated because of this right here, 1905 law. But we had a religious exemption. That's why you have to get a religious exemption at your county, because they took away our liberty with this ruling. That's what they did. And Barrett continually promotes this. Now, remember... This was all part of the big eugenics protocol that happened in the early 1900s. The Nazis didn't start eugenics and having pure bloodlines and Aryan bloodlines and all of that stuff. That all started here in the United States after the Darwinian stuff in the late 1800s. We were the ones who promoted eugenics in the United States and it went to Germany. Just thought I'd add that in there for you guys to do some research. In fact, if you look Buck versus Bell, another Supreme Court case is a decision of the United States Supreme Court written by Justice Oliver Wendell Holmes Jr. 
in which the court ruled that a state, listen to this, a state statute permitting compulsory sterilization of the unfit, including the intellectually disabled, for the protection and health of the state, did not violate due process clause of the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution. The Supreme Court has never overturned Buck versus Bell. In other words, if the state comes in and says, we don't think that you're a proper person as far as you should be able to breed and have children, and we're going to sterilize you, Buck versus Bell gives the state the right to do that. And sure enough, Germany did this. They actually went in and took the people that, and we, by the way, we did it in this country too. We took people that were medically unfit, mentally unfit. Germany did the same thing, and they sterilized them so they couldn't have children because there was a high probability if they had children, the children wouldn't be real bright, and there'd be a ward of the state, and there'd be a burden to the state. So it's better just to go ahead and castrate them, tie their tubes, or whatever they needed to do. I know I have a friend who's a medical doctor, and when she did her residency in Jacksonville, they routinely would have a woman sign off who had had multiple children who was unmarried that they would go in and tie their tubes. Now, whether the person whose tubes were being tied knew what they had signed or not, that really didn't matter. They just sterilized them. And I was told that directly by a medical professional who did it, a doctor, medical doctor. So we've got a lot of problems with the Supreme Court nominee. You know, we've got a pretty messed up court. And the main reason we really vote for Republicans and Democrats in many cases is to help determine the federal judiciary and the Supreme Court. I mean, a lot of people, the reason they vote for Republicans or voted for Donald Trump was because they knew that he'd have a high probability of replacing one justice. Well, it ends up replacing three. And look at the disaster that, you know, the Kavanaugh's been. Look at the disaster Roberts has been. And when these people are compromised and they say certain things in their personal life and they say things that basically they can be held accountable for or they do things in secret that they don't want anybody to know about, a lot of times they can be dissuaded. But this girl, this Barrett lady, she has come out, in fact, repeatedly basically saying that the 1905 ruling, that the state had the right to hold you down forcibly, this is where it goes to now, and vaccinate you against your will and lock you down. And she proved that by locking down the state of Illinois. So, again, Donald Trump picked the really poor person. This group, supposedly, that's deciding a lot of these judges at the Federal Society, and they're a group of basically fascists that got together and got to put together after World War II and to try to run our politics in our country by putting these people into power. The same group are a lot of the guys who gave a lot of these people have given Trump all of these problems over the years since he's been president. And you kind of wonder, why does he keep listening to the Federal Society? I don't know. But probably because of the Zionists, Kabbalists telling him to do so. I don't know. But the whole thing has to go back down to a spiritual thing. Think about it for a second. We're about to put somebody on the Supreme Court who is pro-lockdown and pro-forced vaccination. Guys, this isn't okay. And Trump knew this. I mean, he's unless he's a complete moron, which I don't know what he is. All I know is he's not a, he's not a good business guy at all. He's not. He's billions of dollars in debt. Probably probably has a negative net worth, guys. He probably isn't even a millionaire. He's probably sparred so much money that unless these debts are forgiven again and somebody else bails him out again, that he's going to be in a situation where he's completely and totally broke. They said he made like $500 million on The Apprentice, 
And he used that cash flow to bail out a lot of his other endeavors because most of his other businesses were hemorrhaging cash and losing money every year. So he's completely and totally compromised from a financial standpoint. And now you say, well, he's got a lot of stuff. Well, no, the bank owns a lot of stuff that he uses. Let's be clear about that. I had a pastor one time. I'll never forget this. And the guy was pretty good about teaching people how to be successful because he'd been a business guy before he had become a pastor. And he said, never confuse debt with prosperity. And you think, I mean, let, me, let me tell you, tell me extrapolate on that for a second. You know, if a person goes out and buys a brand new Lamborghini and they're paying $5,000 a month for it, okay, he doesn't own the Lamborghini, the bank does. If they've got a million-dollar home and they're paying $5,000 a month in that, and they've got two or three other cars and they're paying $2,000 a piece for these cars, and he's got, he's got the utility bills and all the other things he's got to pay, and let's say he's bringing in, let's say he makes $300,000 a year. And he's got himself completely leveraged out. So in other words, it looks like on the surface, this guy's really, really rich. He's really, really blessed. But he ain't got nothing, all right? Everything he owns, the house, the cars, everything is leveraged. And in many cases, when it comes to cars, they're in, they have a negative value. In other words, you pay $500,000 for Lamborghini, you drive it off the lot, it's worth $400,000, $350,000 as soon as you take it off the lot. It was so funny. Years ago, Austin and I went to this, this car auction down in Palm Beach. And we were invited by a dealer to go down there, and it was really kind of fun because it was like all these high-end cars. And they had this Rolls-Royce go through, this, this, this basically this beautiful Rolls-Royce. And it was like $500,000. And the top bid on that, it was a brand-new car. It never been titled. It had a stainless steel hood on it. I'll never forget it. Beautiful car. It was so beautiful, people were out there taking pictures of it going through the auction line. These are dealers taking pictures of the car because they'd never seen anything like it before top bid on the car was like $300,000. The dealer had over half a million dollars in the car, and, and the top bid on the car was 300000 So that's what the car is worth. Something's only worth what somebody else is willing to buy it for, what the market value is. So if Donald Trump has a casino, which went bankrupt, or he has a golf course, which he's got a billion dollars in and is only worth $200 million, he's in a negative hole of $800 million if he has it financed for a billion. So the pastor was right about this when he said, never confuse debt for prosperity. Because a lot of these name it, claim it, blab it, grab it guys in these churches and people who go to these churches and people who've been to those churches, and I've been to them in the past. I go to a Baptist church now, which is the antithesis of that. And, you know, there's a balance somewhere in the middle, I think. But what ended up happening is, you know, you see all these people running around and they're way out past their lifestyle. And that's Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump probably... You would have been okay if he had just kept his father's Section 8 housing and all of the horrible stuff that he had there in New York City as far as the money that was coming in, but that wasn't okay for him. He wanted to go glitz, and when he got glitz, he started going into the debt. The more debt he had, the more – because he's not a business guy. He's, he wants to think – he wants everybody to think he's a business guy, but he's not. His TV show with him being the apprentice, or, you know, being teaching these people how to be the successful Donald Trump, that was all Hollywood. That was all smoke and mirrors. That was all scripted, guys. And the, you know, telling people how to make an aftershave kit. I mean, what, what, what is that all about for an airplane? All the kind of crazy stuff that I watched with them doing that a few times. I mean, all of those things doesn't mean the guy's a billionaire. Like, remember Jeffrey Epstein? I told you he wasn't a billionaire either. Donald Front, Donald, Donald Trump, Jeffrey Epstein, Jeff Bezos, all these guys, they're all Rothschild cutouts. We talked about that the other day. They've all, all been funded through the banking systems, and they've been put into positions of power and authority to basically push the agenda of the Kabbalist Zionists 
to get their new world order in. That's what they're here for. And I talked about that on yesterday's show, about how Donald Trump is one of three things that he's involved in, that he doesn't know, that he does know, or he's being an agent for the new world order. So you got to make your own decision on where you think he falls in on all that stuff. Because some of his decisions have been pretty good, but then he turns right back around, like we've talked about many times on the show, and he wants to push red flag gun laws. So all of this stuff, you got to think about it and talk about it. Now he's got a girl, a woman, who has who looks completely nuts in her eyes. I mean, she looks like she's like don't, don't, don't joke, guys. She looks like she's like needs to be put into like a mental asylum. You know, looks crazy, and she basically is now being pushed into the Supreme Court, which he'll get that through because of the Senate. And she's pro lockdown, pro vaccine. Think through what's happening here, right around, and see what's happening. And and, and we got to realize that. All of this stuff is a giant mess. What do you think, Oz? No, it, it is a giant mess. There's no doubt about it. And so, I mean, I've, I've been looking up stuff again on this. And so, yeah, the issue with this, this Supreme Court Barrett, it coinciding with what's going on right now, you know, Jacobson versus Massachusetts, I've talked about that in detail before as well. And that's always been a very, very troubling case to me. And the fact that it has not been overturned or significantly challenged is even more troubling. Um, so anybody that actually supports that, it's, again, something. Now, now remember, though, from this case, they did give you the exemption if you wanted to pay a fine for not getting a vaccine. That was one of the key things, and it was like a $5 fine, which, by the way, in 1905, that was a nice little chunk of coin just to not have to take a vaccine so it was a very conflicting in my opinion grossly un unconstitutional ruling and so yeah anybody that supports that i'm i'm not a huge fan of i'll be honest with you right now there's just i mean this lady may have some positive traits hopefully she does <laughs> especially if she's seated on the supreme court but on the other hand too anytime you start telling somebody that's why I've argued with a lot of people on this topic. Anytime you tell somebody that you have the right to tell them they have to get a vaccine, you have to be vaccinated, you are de facto telling them you own their body. You no longer have the right to say no over your body. I have the right to tell you what goes into your body, and that, that makes you a slave. That, that means you're, you're property, you're a slave. You do not have freedom of choice anymore. You, you are owned by somebody. And that's the issue I constantly have with the entire concept of vaccinating people. And this is what I just talked about earlier, what we see in England. When you start telling everybody now, and this, I'm telling you, it's going to roll out soon. You're going to have the immunity certificates. They're going to start telling everybody, you know, they're going to start doing immunity checkpoints. So we're talking about immunity checkpoints once you get your vaccine. Papers, please. I need to see your vaccine immunity card. Okay, you can go now. Okay. Uh, you're not wearing a mask. You have your papers. Oh, you don't have your papers and you're not wearing a mask? Or we're going to fine you 10,000 pounds now. They're already doing it, people. So you can see where this is starting to head, and you have to be aware of it. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting, The another video from James O'Keefe, he released another video basically discussing and showing ballot harvesting featuring purchases of a ballot from Somalian residents in Minnesota. The video features several allegations made, including Representative Omar, the hardcore leftist Muslim female in Congress. Uh, can 
cannot stand her. She is pretty much everything anti-American. But it goes on. It goes on the same aspect of it. He goes, she, Omar, the one who came up with all this, pay for vote. She somehow, nobody knows. But yes, there's something like new with this. Now, whoever's talking is very difficult to understand, like how they're discussing. They're kind of speaking broken English. He said, but the techniques uses exchange money for votes. It's not a secret. It's open and everybody knows about it. $200, $300 per ballot received is a regular thing. And that's from Project Veritas. So this is something that I've warned everybody about this fall as far as with the election. You know, regardless of who gets elected, you got to get ready. It's, it's going to, I mean, it's, we already know what's about to happen. But I think one of the things that we need to address, just because I'm always about an open and free you know, vote. You know, nobody has the right to manipulate votes or turn away ballots or throw ballots away or manipulate. That's not only is it illegal, it's unconstitutional. So we need to be aware of this and address this stuff and call it out because there is, my opinion, there's going to be a significant amount of cheating and ballot fraud this fall because they want to do everything they can to create as much disharmony as possible and create as much violence is possible. Also, too, in other news, this is interesting. Dad's brought this up before, and I've always told people this. I personally don't even think you should be able to have social media unless you're 18 years old. I really don't even think so. I think that 18 years old, basically, you are an adult. You know, even 16 of the youngest, you can finally drive a vehicle. But social media is becoming not only detrimental for the young psyche with these children in single digits, but it's also becoming very dangerous. It's becoming very common occurrence of children being abducted through social media meetups. An incident that just happened in Orlando, Orange County, that's why I bring this up. This is, I mean, this is like 30 minutes down the road from us. A Florida man has been arrested of kidnapping an 11-year-old girl he met on Instagram. The authorities arrested Keith Edward Green Jr., after a missing Apopka girl triggered an Amber Alert over the weekend, he's facing charges of kidnapping, luring, enticing a child, and custody interference. And so apparently what happened with this now was there's he, – he, he met this girl, he knew this girl on Instagram, and it was somebody part of the family, and then he basically talked to her. He was 11 years old and basically met up with her and then ran off with her. The aspect with this, and this is just one incident right here, this happens on a regular basis. So this is why I encourage everybody, if your children have social media, which I don't even encourage unless, I, like I said, they're like an adult, if they do, be very, very active about what they're looking at and who they're talking to and where they're going with this stuff. In my opinion, I don't even think they should have it. I mean, there's the fact that you have children now running around with phones at five and six years old boggles my mind. It really boggles my mind. I mean, I never even really got a cell phone until I was like in college. I just didn't have one. But of course, you know, that was earlier times. But now it's not only like normal occurrence, it's almost like a demand. Like it's an expected aspect of now being a child. You have to have a phone. I have to be a phone. I have to be cool. And so the phone now has turned into this giant social status. I have to have the newest phone every six months. I have to have the newest apps on my phone. I have to always be on my phone. I have to do all these stupid things like Snapchat on my phone. And so it's become this giant distraction. And not only that, it can be very, very dangerous, especially when it comes 
to enticing children because you got to remember you you got kids on there you know nine to eleven years old dude they, they don't rational thought eludes them they don't even at that age you don't know what's going on all of a sudden you see somebody on Instagram and they are talking to you and you don't know whose photo they are you know who they are I mean you, you can, anybody can make a social media account and put a fake photo up I mean it, but at that age they think they're talking to somebody and you know maybe you know a fourteen year old boy in the picture and so the girl's like oh he's a cute guy blah, blah. this is what happens on a regular basis and so please be aware of it and if you have to don't give them a phone that's my opinion on it especially the iPads even that if, even if they don't have social media keep them off the electronics I mean this is this is something that is going to have long-term detrimental side effects on this generation if you don't limit significant screen time with these kids because they're becoming so addicted to the dopamine triggers. I know we've talked about it all the time, but I just want to bring it up again because it's something that's very, very important, especially with all the exposure of negative energy and the microwave energy and all the stuff that's going on with this younger generation right now, Deb. Austin, I can't urge the listeners and the parents right now who are listening to take the phones away. And that's going to, what what will happen is that's going to create a giant fight. What's going to do? It's going to create a giant fight. It's better not to give the phones. And it's better to make sure you take the phones away at night. Very important you don't allow a girl or a boy to have a telephone after like eight or nine o'clock at night. Just tell them you got to put it in the parents' bedroom. I mean, don't even turn it off. Put it in the parents' bedroom because number one, they're going to want to leave it on and sleep with it under their pillow and answer all their texts and Instagram stuff all night when it chimes and rings. Just let you know that. Plus, the pornography aspect of this, I've got to talk about it for a second. I don't like talking about the stuff on the pornography because it's so disgusting. But the reality is, is they know how to get little kids' attentions. I mean, they have little you know, cartoon characters having sex. They have all these little weird things to get these kids to pay attention to it. Now we have the cartoons on TV that they watch during TV time that basically have gay figures, transgender figures, and they have all these subliminal things as far as pictures in these cartoons of reproductive organs. I'll be careful how I say that. And you say, well, they wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, they, they do that. They've got all kinds of sick stuff and reproductive organs drawn into cartoons to basically bring these young children into the porn at a very young age. Now, here's why they do that, because it dehumanizes the child, and it teaches the children to start looking at the pornography at the age of 10 or even earlier and then if they have younger siblings they drag the younger siblings into that ditch with them and pretty soon you've got a 12 year old daughter or a 14 year old daughter or a 16 year old daughter or boy looking at porn showing their 10 year old sister 10 year old brother you know these things and how to find them on the internet think, well that doesn't happen no that happens all the time that happens all the time and so then what happens is these people, these children, these young adults get hardwired into looking at pornography the rest of their life because the triggers are there in their brain and the connections, the neural adaptations and triggers and literally hardwired through nerves and synapses into the brain, they've got a porn circuit, all right? Now that porn circuit, every time they see something they shouldn't ought to look at, like NFL cheerleaders or whatever if you're a guy you know or beautiful NFL wives if you're a guy and you click on it 
you know, it triggers the circuit that you established as a child, this hard wire in your brain that triggers the dopamine trigger. And then what happens, it triggers your nucleus of Cubans if you're a guy. And all of a sudden, that's that center of your brain that wants to basically consume the object that you're looking at, like you would be starving for 30 days and you had no food, and you see a table, a smorgasbord full of food. You see that when you see that provocatively dressed girl, and it triggers you. And then you go and you, you click it again, and now here you are looking at something you know you're not supposed to look at. This is what they want. Because remember, Sabatain Zivi told them in 1666 that everything had to become super inverted and super negative in order to resurrect the serpent god. Really important that we get this. They want to basically give as much negative energy, I also just mentioned that, and as much negative power to these interdimensional entities. Remember it says in the book of Revelation that the beast had a wound, it looked like a mortal wound on his head, but he had been healed. Okay, The reason that happened is because of human sacrifice, the reason it was healed. Because Satan basically was, basically he got his head stomped when Christ resurrected from the dead. It said that in the book of, Revelation, the book of Genesis, that he would stomp his head. And now it's said in the book of Revelation, we see a mortal head wound, but he's recovered. He's recovered because of the energy that he was fed through the abortion and through the child sex trafficking networks, through the satanic rituals, and through the outright sacrifices to Moloch and the Baal, which is always the same entities, that we've done in the United States. So everything that is used to debilitate the mind is from this group, and including pornography. In fact, these Kabbalists own like 99% of the world's pornography, period. And you think, well, that's really weird. Well, that just is what it is. And I read you this article. I talked about this on Friday on the show. And see, this is what we have to understand as Christians and as human beings that we have to protect our children. And Austin's 100% right. You know, every night, I have a 17-year-old daughter here still at home, and every night she has to put the telephone and the computer in our bedroom at 10 o'clock. And it gets locked up for the night. Because I've learned if I don't do that, she has her Instagram accounts and her TikTok accounts and all these other crazy things that you don't want them on, but they're going to do regardless if you've given them a phone. And she just got her phone when she turned 17, guys. It, I mean, it wasn't like she had a phone before now. She does. And she has millions of TikTok views doing stupid stuff. And you think, well, this is ridiculous. And I tell her, I say, Savannah, you don't know who these people are who are watching your TikTok. They could be pedophiles. They could be a bunch of perverts that are 70 years old, 80 years old, that really think you're hot, that basically are basically pedophiles. I have a pastor friend of mine. His daughter's like 17 years old, and she's pretty, and she's a singer, and she's on the platform all the time with them at the church. And they had a, she's like 15, 16 years old, and this 70 year old guy starts hitting on her, showing up in the hallways, talking to her, wanting to go out on a date. 70 year old guy. They had to get the police on him and get him arrested for stalking her. And the young kids don't understand, especially when they're really young, that the person on the other side of the screen could be a predator. And you've got to tell your children that. And you've got to make sure they understand that, because if you don't, they could be a victim. Really, really important you brought that up today, Austin. I just want to let you know what we do in our household. And, guys, the other thing is this. I speak from experience now with daughters. 
sometimes the girls will meet a guy who's legitimate. They see him on FaceTime or whatever. They know he's really he's not a 90-year-old pervert. But you know, he lives, you know, 100 miles, 200 miles, 300 miles away. And suddenly they strike up a conversation with this person. They don't know who they are. And also now they want to drive halfway across the state to go visit that person. Guys, that's a really bad thing because if they do that, you know, the question is why isn't the guy coming to visit them and coming to your home, meeting the parents and making sure he's okay? If your daughter wants to do that or your son wants to do that, which I highly suggest that you tell them no if you still have that authority over them, that you make sure they do a background check on this individual. Have that person send them a copy of their driver's license, run a background check on them, get their social security number, do a full credit check on them, find out who in the world these people are. Because I had this happen to me. Now I'm going to speak from experience. My Not Savannah, but another one, another daughter that I have, she's 17 years old. She starts talking to a guy at Daytona Beach online. I didn't know about it. She basically was doing it on campus. She's at school. She's living in the dorm. And all of a sudden, we find out she's going to Daytona Beach, which is 100 miles away from us, to visit this guy. Come to find out he's 34 years old. Happened to us personally. 34 years old. He's twice her age. She's 17. He's 34. I called him up, chewed him out. Finally, I got my attorney involved in it and told him that basically he's a professional, that we were going to basically turn him in. Then we had to turn him into the college and have pictures of him posted not to come on campus because he's a predator. So I'm not talking about stuff you know that I've read about. This happened to us. So be very, very, very careful who your kids communicate with online. Very, very important, Austin. What do you think? Yeah, that's again, that's really well said. And you know, something that I would also recommend too is encouraging your children, especially if you have girls, to make sure that they're if they are starting to talk to somebody or they are wanting to date somebody, make sure they're being courted on the aspect of that. I mean, make sure they're going on a proper date. Make sure that the guy. I mean, like that's the thing to me. Why in the world? If you're a guy and you're talking to a girl, why? And I don't know what is what up with this now. And this is just this is very common. This is I'm not picking on anybody. This is just some across the board. I have watched. I have a lot of friends I know. I know younger guys. I know younger girls. I got friends. Lana. Know a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. But for some odd reason now, the guys don't feel like they need to do anything anymore. These girls will literally drive all across the state to go meet up with guys and go hang out with guys and go on dates with guys, and uh, it, it boggles my mind. I've never, because, you know, like I said, I kind of grew up old school, but even back then, you know, it was like, oh, you're going to pick a girl up. You know, you go to the front door, you meet her parents, you shake her dad's hand, you talk to him for a while. You Go open the car door for her. Help her in the truck. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, going out. Now it's like, oh, yeah, well, if you want to go out, you can drive over to Tampa and we'll go out. And the girl's like, okay. I'm like, w- w- I don't get it. But so, I mean, teach your girls, if they are going to go out with a guy, make sure the guy has to earn it. This whole weird society we're in now where nobody wants to have any type of role. Everything's just supposed to be weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just ranting on it now, but that's something I thought about. Also, too, in other news, remember I told you Governor Newsom, the blithering buffoon in California that is now said by 2035, all vehicles 
gas and diesel powered are going to be banned. Everything has to be electric-based by 2035. Uh, not only is that going to be unbelievably detrimental to the industry as far as the vehicle industry, they're now saying that it would be a disastrous failure for the power grid. <laughs> you know, see this article, they said the genius California lawmakers now mandated that all cars in the state must be electric by 2035. Seems like a good time to ask exactly. This is going to do, what is this going to do to the state's already extremely fragile power grid? They said the last week's executive order could drive up power demands in the state by as much as 9.5% over the next 10 years and is upwards of 30% more by 2035. They said this would be a nightmare scenario for a state where power is often so tight that rolling blackouts are ordered to prevent the system from collapsing during heat waves. Now, just want to clarify this. The ability as far as for energy is not difficult anymore. The different technologies we have are so advanced that they don't even want to release half the time. They don't even let people know about. A lot of times when this stuff starts to come to market or somebody gets a patent on it, you'll have companies come in and buy up the whatever it is, buy up the product. So that way, and then they turn around and they kill it. They kill the product. If it's talking about basically harnessing energy from the air, dude, no, absolutely not. Oh, you want to do that? Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you $20 million for it. Okay, cool. Done. Dead on arrival. Completely kill it. Because they don't want people having this ability. This whole aspect of what they're trying to push in California is designed to do exactly what it's going to do. And that's make people completely and totally dependent on the state and dependent on public transport and not have the ability to travel freely unmolested on your way. But I've said this before, I said they already pretty much control the aspect of flights. You know, I mean, we see that now with Delta coming in and actually banning people for life. No fly list, because they won't wear a mask. American Airlines has been doing the same. Same thing's going on with trains, but not as bad. They already have transit controlled pretty well. But still, one of the last, you know, free things you can pretty much do for the most part is jump in your car, truck, travel cross country. If I feel like getting in my truck and driving to Montana this week, I can be there in about five days. I can do so pretty much with no limitations on it as long as I don't drive like a lunatic. And they don't like that because you have the ability to travel freely. And so what they're trying to do now is get people reliant on these electric vehicles. This is why the Fed has pumped so much money and so many bailouts into Tesla, Elon Musk's company, because that whole company is designed to be a vehicle of the future that they can control, monitor, shut down, track every single aspect. Every single aspect of it is monitored all the time in those vehicles. The same thing like Dad said before, this is the whole reason cash for clunkers was brought in by Obama. They wanted to get those older vehicles off the road that a lot of them were still pretty moderately reliable. They were very easy to maintain. They were usually pretty cheap to maintain, and there was hardly any electrical components on them. Even cars in the 80s, and they really didn't have that much electronic stuff like they do now. And I told you guys the other day, I was at that vehicle tactics class, and one of the guys there was talking about his Tesla. We were having the debate on seatbelts and, you know, wearing a seatbelt, especially if you're about to, you know, deploy out of the vehicle. And he said, well, Tesla, you know, won't let you drive if you don't put your seatbelt on. He said, won't let you drive if you won't let you drive. Can't drive. Don't. You sit there. You just sit there and look cool in your Tesla, I guess, until you put your seatbelt on you comply. And I said, well, that's kind of strange. I said, you got to get out of the vehicle quickly. He said, yeah, well, that's what they're designing to, to do. Oh, by the way, you haven't paid 
your property taxes. We're notifying you right now. Your vehicle is now going to be shut off, and you're going to be kept in your vehicle until law enforcement arrives, and we can collect our tax from you, or whatever other aspect. You pick your analogy. That's where it's going to go with this, and that's why California is doing what it did. This isn't some type of crazy idea he came up with overnight. This all ties back into United Nations 20. 30 to get people completely and totally under control. Like I said earlier, that's why they're talking about in the UK right now, the prime ministers over there, that you have to have a vaccine certificate or you will not be able to travel. So COVID vaccination certificate required for travel. House of Commons, Monday 28th, September 2020 rolling out the vaccines to the population carried out by the British Armed Forces. You can watch the video on it. This is something that they're getting ready to do, and they're getting ready to do it as quickly as possible. So get prepared for it. And again, food, as I've told you guys many times, food is one of the easiest ways to control a populace. A strong, healthy, well-fed, aggressive populace is very difficult to control, especially if they're as armed as the United States is. Food will be one of the most effective tactics to control the populace. I've said it before, and I've said it many times, and you can look back in history, and almost every single time a regime has gone in to take over full-blown draconian control over a country, they always use food as a control. They use food to get people to comply. They they use food to get people to turn on their firearms. This is going to be a tactic. That's why I encourage everybody all the time, stay prepared, have some food on deck. If you want to get beans and rice from the store, if you want to get canned foods, do your research on what you need. That's why I tell people all the time, and I'm very clear about this, on the food buckets that we carry, the fully certified USDA organic food buckets, one of the only ones on the market. Know how many calories you need. I have a listed on there, you know, how many calories it can pretty much give somebody for X amount of days. These buckets, be very careful. There's a lot of buckets on the market that claim these erroneous numbers. Oh, yes, it's a three-month supply for four people. And you look at it, and it's like 600 calories a day per person. I don't know about you, but I don't function very well at 600 calories per day, especially if I'm outside working on a regular basis. You want to talk about hemorrhaging weight and lowering your immune system and becoming very, very weak and skinny? Go on 600 calories a day if you're already lean and work outside all day on 600 calories. You have to know what you're storing up. The same thing goes with beans, rice. Be proactive on it. Just because a bucket says, oh, for so many days, don't believe any. I'll tell you right now, don't believe any of them. Do your own research and add up your own calories on the bucket and then determine how many calories you need, whether it's canned food, rice and beans, MREs, organic food buckets, doesn't matter. Be proactive because there's a lot of people out there in this industry that will sell you crap. Not only is it completely manipulated as far as how many days it'll last you with the calories, it's loaded with garbage, you know, with the high fructose corn syrup, all this stuff. By all means, if that's all you can afford and that's really what you have to stock up on, that's what you have to do. But if you're used to eating pretty healthy and you're used to eating organic, trust me, you eat some of those foods, they're going to make you sick or they're at least going to make you lethargic and they're not going to feel good. So understand, try to prep the food that you would normally eat on a regular basis, if I can convey that any better. 
because you eat a certain food now, expect to try to function the same way you do now in the same type of food. Don't live in some fantasy and, hey, I eat 2,500 calories a day of pretty much organic food, organic vegetables, organic chicken, rice, beans, whatever. And now whenever something happens, I'm going to go on full-blown MREs at 1,000 calories a day. You can do it, but you're not going to feel real good. That's my stance on that. So, again, make sure you understand. I told you guys yesterday, Wall Street Journal came out with that article telling us what's about to happen. All these big chain stores, Costco, Sam's, Walmart, Publix, all of them, they're all stockpiling food at a rapid rate right now because of what they're anticipating in the fall. What are they fully anticipating? Well, they obviously know something, and they know it's getting ready. So, again, if the stores are stockpiling on food, that's a pretty good indication that it's a good idea for you to stockpile on some food. That's pretty much my stance on that, Deb. And also, it's very important that you get, you know, at least a year's supply of multiple vitamins. You know, I'm just telling you that. You can do what you want to do. Uh, you know, use our Health Masters Ultimate Multiple if you want, the powder or the capsules or the chewables. And even if you have to, you know, split it so you don't take a full daily dose, if you at least have enough for half a dose every day, because regardless, you're going to need nutrients in your body. I know how much better I feel when I use, I use the powdered multiple every day, and I can tell when I don't take it. I mean, I have an immediate drop in energy by mid-afternoon, and when I take it, I'm good. So make sure you take the supplements too. Now, I want to say one other thing too for the, the kids that are listening right now, because this is turning into a fireside chat show anyhow, so I'm going to just finish it with this and say this is so important. Kids, listen to me. You know, I know you're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old and you know everything. And I know that mom and dad may or may not be your hero any longer. I got that. Been through it all, got four kids. But listen to me for a second. Let's say you're working for mom and dad part-time. And, you're, and they're helping you pay through college, et cetera. But they're paying your utilities. They're paying your food. They're paying your rent. They're paying your car. They're paying your insurance if they have the money to do all that. Now, think through this with me for a second. You've got to look at the cost per hour of those guys paying all of this for you. If you had to suddenly go, let's, let's say you're working 10 hours part-time for your parents and they're paying you 10 bucks an hour. You're making 100 bucks a week, but they're covering your tuition. They're covering your books. They're covering your housing. They're covering your food. They're covering your insurance, all right? But you're making 100 bucks a week, and you get all mad. You go, well, I could do it better on my own. Think through this for a second because I've already had this happen to another child. Suddenly you decide you want to move out and go do your own thing, and the mom and dad are basically not somebody you want to hang out with anymore, all right? If that happens, suddenly you've got to pay the rent. You've got to pay the utilities. And all of a sudden you realize that you weren't being paid $10 an hour for 10 hours a week for $100, that they were subsidizing $1,000 a month of your lifestyle for 10 hours a week. So they were actually paying you like $30 an hour, and you thought you were making 10 You've got to understand that while you're still living at home. You've got to understand that your parents, if they are able to do this, are going to support you as long as they can while you're in college or while you're in school. Don't get into this position where you're mad at your mom and your dad, and you suddenly, I'm leaving now, I'm going to go get a job, or I'm going to go in the military. Now, the military is not necessarily a bad idea, except for all the vaccines they shoot you up with unless you go in as an officer. But you got to realize that when you're at home and you're being subsidized by your parents, it's not going to be the same. You know, I've got a child right now who moved out, decided they were to do it on their own, almost 20 years old. I said, that's fine, not a problem. You know, my whole thing was my house, my rules. 
got to remember, there's certain times you can be home, certain times you got to be in, certain things you got to do. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. You can move out. And suddenly they're finding out they're trying to go to college. Now they're having to work 20 to 30 hours a week at a $12.50 an hour job. It's made it very difficult to pay the bills and do well in school and have a social life. Because now all of a sudden every ounce of time you have, every minute of extra time you have, remember, we can't make time. We can only take time. You got everybody got 24 hours a day. That's all we get. You can't make more. You got to take the time that you have to do things. Suddenly they begin to realize that, hey, wait a minute, I don't have the lifestyle that I did. All I'm doing is working all the time because I'm just trying to cover the basics now, like the rent that I took for granted, or the car that I took for granted, or the insurance I took for granted. Or the food, heaven forbid, the food, and forget eating organic because you can't afford that now. Very important as children that we understand that. Uh, my dad and my mom got divorced, kids, listen to me, when I was like five years old. And and my dad and my mom really never spoke much when I was little. But I'd see my dad in the winters when he'd come down from Iowa for a few months on the weekends, and I always enjoyed spending time with him. But then when I got in college, actually when I became 16, he bought me a car, and he started helping me through college and doing all the things he did. Now, he didn't give me a fancy car. It was, it was a used car. I think he paid $700 for it, but it was something to get around with. Be thankful and be grateful if your parents do anything for you. Now, once you turn 18, listen to me, children. Once you turn 18, if you've got a parent who's willing to buy you a car or help you make payments on a car, or help pay for your college, you need to get on your knees every night and thank God Almighty and thank your parents for doing that. It is not their responsibility to do that anymore. Once you turn 18, you know, you can hit the road, Jack, don't look back. And your parents are not responsible for you anymore. So always remember that when you're young and get a handle on it. I was always so grateful to my father when he helped me. And I respected him until the day he died. He died when I was only 28 years old. He died, you know, in 1984. I mean, he was 54 when he, I was born. So, I mean, he lived to be in his 80s, but I never really got to ask him a lot of questions when I really became an adult in my 30s or 40s and got to talk to dad. So it's very important to treat your parents with respect because, guys, they're the only parents you got. And when they're gone, you're going to always be wishing that you could just ask them one more question or do one more thing. So it's really important that you all understand that. And I know this, this is – I had a bunch of other stories I wanted to cover today. But we covered a lot with the Supreme Court justices and stuff. But the stuff that I talked to you about today, you're not going to hear any of the talk shows. You guys are family to me. You know, I had the opportunity this morning to pray for you and ask God to bless you, take care of you and your family. And, and it's important that I do that for you guys every day because, you know, we're all part of the same team, same same family here. I want to thank you again for helping us support these Thai girls. You know, Stephanie from Gainesville, Georgia, she just sent a bunch of clothes for the Thai girls. And, and you know, and guys, listen to me. Don't worry if you send us stuff that, you know, we can't get out for Christmas. We'll send it to them for their birthdays. If you're going to send them clothes, send them stuff that's like new or new uh, instead of old stuff because sometimes, you know, we have a tendency to just to send stuff that we don't want to keep in our kids anymore. And, and not that I don't appreciate that, but, you know, we got, remember, we got to pay to have this stuff shipped to Thailand. It's extremely expensive. It's like 150 bucks a box to send this stuff over for a big box. And so we want to make sure if we send stuff over there. It's going to be really, really nice stuff for these girls because, you know, we might as well give them a real taste of who we are as Christians and that we want God's best for them in their lives. That's how I look at this. I want to thank you for supporting us for that. And thank you for supporting Sharon on her Instagram account, ST Brower. That's Sharon Ted Brower. 
Instagram where we both do videos on there all the time. And guys, thank you again for your support. The Health Masters, thank you for getting your mobile vitamins from us. We've got a whole big shipment of food coming in this week. I mean, a lot. We'll be able to fill all the back orders, and we'll have about a week's worth of supply, and they'll be gone again. Just let you guys know that. So we're going to let you order some, you know, about as much as you want starting this week once it all gets in. And guys, I love you, and I appreciate you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for getting your deodorant from us and the multiple vitamins from us. If it wasn't for you guys doing that, we couldn't be here. I'll have to go ahead and finish it up, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Yes, and just continue to remember, everywhere you go right now, use situational awareness when you go out and about. I say that a lot, but I say it for that very specific reason. There's a lot of stuff going on right now, and even in Orlando, I mean, I saw an article the other day now, and they said in Orange County, there's been a shooting in Orange County every single day so far this month. A lot of it contributes to gang violence. Orange County is Orlando area. Um, this isn't by chance. The energy and the negative energy and a lot of just the media and anger and outrage and rhetoric that's constantly on the mainstream media is trying to start tension and divisiveness as much as it can. People are becoming increasingly aggressive. I told you guys about that incident. I think it was Kentucky a week and a half ago. There was guys sitting out on a porch at a bar grill and BLM supporter, terrorist, walked up, shot three of them, killed all of them, killed two of them on the spot. The other guy died at the hospital. No reason. Nobody had ever seen him before. They didn't know who he was. They ran off in the bushes. This is not an uncommon situation. Even though it's horrible, it's not uncommon. And it's going to start happening more and more and more. The more rhetoric and the more divisive speech that the mainstream media continues to put out and try to make everybody is angry with each person. This divide-conquer strategy is thousands of years old, <laughs> but yet it's happening right here in the United States, and for some reason, a lot of people can't even see it. I mean, we have a, a Muslim congresswoman up in Minnesota, which I don't even think she got truly elected. I think that was full-blown election fraud, because now she's getting busted for it with Project Veritas exposing it. These things are happening right now because they're trying to get as many people infiltrated, <clears throat> excuse me, into the federal government that are going to bring it down from the inside within. That's the overall goal. So again, don't fall for the whole device of a black, white, cop against black, this and that. There's bad people in any group. There's bad doctors. There's bad pilots. There's bad cops. There's bad white people. There's bad black people. There's bad everybody as far as in certain groups has some bad people. But understand, don't let those people completely and totally direct your mind and your energy in a negative area and say, oh, well, this happened to this guy at this place in the country later on or this state, so I'm going to hate everybody of that color, everybody of that background or that job. No, guys, don't fall for that. That's the divide-and-conquer strategy. But that being said, always be prepared and be aware of what's going on around you because there's been numerous situations now. There was a situation the other day when Lana was basically at the store, shot in the parking lot, and guys started walking up to her. She said, no, stop. And all of a sudden, I've told people this numerous times. I've worked on the classes on this with people. Always, if you have the ability to do so, if you feel threatened or somebody's walking towards you, don't be afraid to give them a verbal command. Trust me, it's a lot easier to do that than it is to troll a weapon. Once you give a verbal command and you put it out there and you're loud and you tell them, no, stop, 
Now, all of a sudden, not only do they know the element of surprise is no longer to be had on you, now anybody in the vicinity now heard that. If you're on the parking lot and you hear somebody go, stop, what are you doing? You're going to look around. You're like, what in the world is that? Somebody said, stop. And all of a sudden, your eyes are fixed on this guy approaching this female getting into her truck. Now, all of a sudden, you're looking at him. Next guy over is looking at him. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's like, oh, man, this is, I have no more surprise. Now, everybody's watching me try to do what I'm about to do. And, of course, turns around and walks off. Do not be afraid to call people out right now if you feel threatened. That doesn't mean running around getting violently agitated with people. I don't recommend that. But I'm saying, if you, especially females, listen to me, if you guys are feeling uncomfortable in a situation, don't be afraid to call them out. And if you're in a store or something, don't be afraid to ask security or somebody to walk you out of your vehicle. This is something that's crucial because more and more people, especially as the economy weakens as well, people are going to start getting more desperate. And you're going to have people start doing more home invasions, more carjackings, more burglaries, more robberies. It's just what happens in society when it starts to go sideways and the economy starts to go down. Be aware of it. Be alert. Stay prepared. Thank you again for the support of Health Masters. Be sure to check out the product of the week at healthmasters.com. Be sure to vote for what you want to see win tomorrow. And CoQ10 Ubiquinol, it's the very high bioactive form of CoQ10, is on the website right now at Health Masters. It's product of the week. And there's just a lot of, lot of specials we have going on right now. So be sure to check them out and vote for what you want to see win tomorrow as well at healthmasters.com. Thank you again for the support. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always.